Thanks for joining us today for our Freedom Podcast. We are excited to grow with you. Today, you will hear a message from the life-changing Word of God. We hope this podcast adds value to your everyday life. If you want to find out more about this ministry, visit our website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. Living a life of focus has been our topic for the last several weeks, and I want to dive into the Word this morning. I want to invite you uh, to grab your Bibles with you this morning. Uh, We hope that you have one. If you don't have one and you don't own one at all, please see one of our ushers um, this morning. They will will equip you with one uh, free of charge. We We have Bibles ready to give away to you, but we want you to see this in your Word So if you would, uh, help me with the house lights up this morning. And over the past several weeks, we've been talking about living a life of focus. Living a life of focus. And if you're like me, sometimes it's very difficult to set a focus when you're distracted by life. How many have ever been distracted by life? Anybody? I think we've all been distracted in one way or another by life circumstances, the situations that, that we come across. And the last three weeks, this is what we've talked about. In case you have just kind of tuning in or this is your first time, we're so glad you're here this morning. Um, but the first week, we talked about keeping our focus even when we fall. We talked a little bit about Peter, right? And we talked about uh, how he himself had to stay focused when he was uh, working with the king, Jesus. Then the following week, the second week, we talked about staying focused when temptations come our way. We talked about Joseph and David and the contrast, which was probably one of my favorite message, recent messages. The contrast between Joseph, right, and David and how one was so laser focused, not perfect, but laser focused. And David, while they both loved God, David had his moments where he, didn't, he wasn't as focused, right? And I think we've all been there. And it was, it was part two of the four, four parts. Third part, last week we talked about focusing our time on what's important. And we talked about the contrast between Mary and Martha. How many remember that? Right? And sometimes we find ourselves like Mary where, um, you know, we just want to be with the king. We want to be with the master and learn from him. And then there's the Marthas that just, they want to do, do, do. And there's nothing wrong with doing stuff for Jesus, right? But the problem is when we have that be the focus... When God says, I want you to be more than I want you to do. I want you to be first. Because then the doing comes easy. Right? When you are a believer and you are committed to Jesus and you love Jesus, the doing part becomes a lot easier. Yes? Because we can find that we can do and not love, but you can't love and not do. And that's what we talked about last week. So just a little synopsis for you to catch up on if you want to go listen to the podcast, which are, they're all updated on our website, wearefreedomlife.com. Um, go there and click sermons. You can listen to all the messages for the past several years, whatever. You can go on there. There's all the messages that we've preached from this pulpit just about. And um, I want to dive into part four of this series um, here this morning. And I want to be talking about how to focus on what is now and good rather than what is then and bad. Now and good versus then 
and bad. See, it's hard to be thankful for the now when we're so pressed and focused on before. Well, I, this happened. And, and I, you don't understand, Pastor Tony. My situation is this. And I, I don't know. I, have you ever talked to someone that is so super negative that you're like, I want to just avoid you for the rest of my life? Like the rest of my life. Like I'll be grateful when I don't see you again. Because you're so negative. How many know that they're toxic people? They're just toxic people. Right? Don't point at your spouse, your neighbor, or anybody in the room. That can cause a lot of issues. But there are toxic people out there, right? There are people that when you talk to them, they're like, they'll tell you exactly what's wrong with them. Like, every detail. And you're like, that's not what I meant by how are you doing. But... Thanks for the warning. I won't ask that again. Right? But we got to be careful not to put ourselves in that position where we're now molded by everybody else's negativity. Right? Because that negative spirit will pull away from what the Spirit of God wants to do in our lives. That negative spirit will pull away from what the Spirit of God is speaking to us. Because we're so frail sometimes up here. How many believe that sometimes my mind gets so easily distracted that I, I, I kind of pull away from the things of God so easily because of something someone said. Case in point, you could have a hundred reasons to, that you should be here this morning, but if you got one reason that you need to like leave, like you'll find that to be so much more important. Or, or you have another reason to, to be negative. Someone could tell you 99 great things about what you're wearing today. Oh, that dress is nice. Your hair looks great. Oh, wow, where'd you get that? Is that new blush? You know, I don't know. That's just, you know. I'm just, I'm speaking like, I hear stuff. I'm like, and I'm like, wow, this is what ladies talk about. That's why they go to the bathroom in groups. They just do that. That's what they do. And so, like, you can hear 99 things, right, about your outfit. Because guys just wear whatever's at the top of the pile, closest in the, you know. Closest in the closet, just grab it, just put it on. Yeah, this is good. Ladies have outfits. Right? And so you can hear 99 great things about your outfit, but, it, but if someone didn't say something about your outfit, you're like, they must not like it. And all of a sudden, everything, right? That one little negative thought overweighs everything that we know for sure. 99 people said you look great, but one person didn't say anything. And you're like, oh my gosh, this outfit must be horrible. I'm just making a point. I think what I'm trying to say is that negativity often has so much weight and affects us in such a way. Listen, God loves you so much that he doesn't want you to set your focus on those things. He wants you to set your focus on things above. You with me? So I love this passage here, 1 Thessalonians, because Paul was talking to the church in Thessalonica, and he says this, always be joyful, keep on praying, no matter what happens, always be thankful, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now let me be very, very clear here. This is very important. Watch this. God does not intend for you to be thankful for everything that happens. He intends for us to be thankful for everything in everything that we go through. 
How many know that if something terrible happens in your family, you're like, thank you, God, for that happening? No. You're not thankful for that happening. You're thankful in it. Because guess what? Like it or not, you're in it. So God is asking us to change our focus from the for to the in. I'm not thankful for my financial struggles. I'm not thankful for my marriage falling apart. I'm not thankful for losing my job. I'm not thankful for, you follow me? I'm thankful in that. Thank you, God, that I can come to you through this. Because I am currently in it. Somebody nod at me if you get what I'm saying. I'm in it. Like it or not, love it or leave it, I'm in it. So I have to be thankful in it. Come on, say this with me. I am thankful in it. You don't have to be thankful for it. In fact, I think it's a little bit weird if you're thankful for something really, really bad happening to you. But, but, but when you become thankful in it, you say, God, I don't know why this happened to me, and I don't like this feeling, and the pain hurts. That's why I don't like pain, because pain hurts. And if you're honest with God, you can say, God, I don't like this feeling, but I'm thankful that I have you that I can talk to. I'm thankful in this that I can trust you with all of my faith. And I don't understand it, God, but I'm thankful in it. Who's with me? So watch this. What's the difference when you're involved in a car accident? You don't thank God for the accident. You thank him that you weren't hurt severely. Right? That there are people that were not hurt. When you break your leg, you don't thank God for the broken leg. You thank him for the healing that is going to come. And you say, hey, thanks for the other one that's left. When you have, come on, come on. When you got dirty dishes, let's get down the brass tacks here. You, you're thankful for the chance to wash the dishes because God gave you a meal that made it dirty. You had food to eat. So that, we don't thank God for the dirty dishes. So somebody say amen. amen. Right? Some people are like, hallelujah. Thank you for saying that, Pastor, because I've been trying to tell my husband. No, we don't, we don't, we don't thank God for the dirt. We thank God that we had food to put on those dishes. And God has been good. Amen? That's what you can focus on. There's always a different line of sight that we can come to, a different angle. So how do you know if you're thankful? Well, let me ask you this question. Which do you tend to talk about more, your blessings or your disappointments? Are you talking more as a complainer or someone that says, I want to compliment you, Jesus, for loving me the way you love me? Are you content with what you have or dissatisfied and you want more? I was talking uh, with my, um, I was talking with my mom this morning when we were driving here. And, you know, we were talking about how in our lives sometimes, you know, we got to just be thankful that God is providing for us. And, and how many know that you've never seen, I don't know about you, but I've never seen, maybe you have, but I haven't, seen a hearse attached to it, a U-Haul. Because that person died and they're going to take all this stuff with them. How many know you can't take this stuff with you? I've never seen a hearse with a U-Haul. Never seen it. Never seen it. No, I know. Me too. I feel that way. Sometimes I can't. I'm, somebody just found out they can't take it with them. They just can't take it with them. 
I felt the same way. I can't take it with me, right? I can't take it with me. So why not realize that everything we have at our disposal is to invest? And thank you, Nisa, for being so obedient with that scripture this morning. I think it puts that into perspective, right? If your perspective is, God, you're mean and you're hurt, you're this and you're that, I'm going to be fearful. And if I live by fear, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to bury stuff. You know, when you live in fear, you bury stuff. Come on, I'm not just talking about money anymore, hello? You bury pain. No, you can't deal with stuff that's buried. In the Christian world, we have to realize God is not burying you. He's planting you for greatness. Sometimes we can feel overwhelmed in the darkness and all these things surround. He's not burying you. He's planting you because there's a greater you about to come out. Come on, somebody. Come on, that deserves some sort of praise to God right now. Come on. Yeah? Living a life of focus. So, there was a four-year-old boy that was asked to give thanks at Thanksgiving dinner. So, this little four-year-old boy told everybody, okay, everybody, bow your heads. The family members bowed their heads in expectation. He began his prayer, thanking the Lord for all his friends, naming them one by one, very specifically. Then he thanked the Lord for mommy and daddy and brother and sister and grandma and grandpa and all the aunts and uncles. Name them all. He began to thank the Lord for the food. And he gave thanks for the turkey, the dressing, the fruit salad, the cranberry sauce, the pies, the cakes, even the cool whip. <laughs> then he paused and everyone waited. And they waited. And they waited. And after a long silence, the dad kind of looked over and said, are you okay? The young fellow looked up at his mother and father and said, if I thank the Lord for the broccoli, he'll know that I'm lying. <laughs> Why is it that thankfulness comes easier for some of us in the tough times? Thankfulness is harder on all of us. Yeah? Have you ever thought about the fact that inside of us there's greatness and that God has brought us from great things, and he wants to move us into greater things. Do you know that God wants to move you to greater things? Well, there's a passage in Ezra. If you want to turn your Bibles to Ezra for a moment, I want to bring this passage to you because Ezra chapter 3, Ezra chapter 3, beginning in verse 6, let me kind of set this up. It's at this point where they're going to rebuild the temple. The temple first was built. Solomon's temple was built and now had been destroyed. And now that we're going to uh, rebuild this other temple, and specifically Zerubbabel's temple. Verse 6 in Ezra chapter 3, on the first day of the seventh month, this is Ezra chapter 3, beginning in verse 6. On the first day of the seventh month, they began to offer burnt offerings to the Lord, even though the foundation of the Lord's temple had not been laid. They gave money to the stone cutters and the artisans. They gave food and drink and oil to the people of Sidon and Tyre so they could bring cedar wood from Lebanon to Joppa by sea according to the authorization given to them by King Cyrus of Persia. Now we fast forward into to verse 8. In the second month of the second year after they arrived at God's house in Jerusalem, Zerubbabel, son of Shintiel, and Jeshua, son of Zodak, um, Jozodak, and the rest of their brothers, including the priests, 
the Levites, all who had returned to Jerusalem from the captivity, began to build. They appointed Levites who were 20 years old or more to supervise the work of the Lord's house. Follow with me for a moment. Jeshua with his sons and brothers, Kedemiel and his sons, and the sons of Judah and of Henadad and their sons and brothers. And are you getting the point? A lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of people building and building and building. And you look at the end of that verse here, verse 9, together they joined to supervise the working of God's house. Now, I'm going to read a couple more verses. It's just a few more verses. Follow this. When the builders had laid the foundation of the Lord's temple, the priest dressed in their robes, holding trumpets, and Levites descended from Asaph, holding cymbals, took their positions to praise the Lord as King David of Israel had instructed. They sang with praise and thanksgiving to the Lord, for he had for he is good. This is what they sang. His faithfulness, his faithful love to Israel endures forever. Then all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the Lord's house had been laid. Now pay, pay, pay careful attention to these last two verses. Watch this. But many of the older priests, the Levites, and the family leaders who had seen the first temple, watch this, wept loudly when they saw the foundation of this house but many others shouted joyfully you follow this wept loudly and others shouted joyfully now follow one more verse the people could not distinguish the sound of joyful shouting from the weeping because the people were shouting so loudly and the sound was hard excuse me heard far away now let me let me build a precipice here. Let me kind of lay a foundation. I need you to understand that those that had known the temple before, Solomon's temple was built very differently than Zerubbabel's temple. Just a little bit of a background. When they built Solomon's temple, it took seven years to build, and it had massive gold, massive rubies. They imported stuff from everywhere. Solomon's temple was, watch this, it was the creme of the creme. It was the top of the line. Solomon built a phenomenal temple. But that temple was destroyed now. And so when they laid this foundation for Zerubbabel's temple, which we find out later, it took four years to build, whereas Solomon's temple took seven. You see the difference there? Now, something extremely important happened here in this passage. Everybody look at me. The area of focus is what I'm talking about. The older ones that knew the prior temple wept while the ones that saw the temple that was about to be built. Now, it hadn't been built yet, right? You realize. They just built the foundation. They were excited. They were passionate. They were worshiping. Now, let me tell you this. It's something you have to understand. That your focus will always affect your reaction. Your focus will always affect your reaction. The ones that had seen the temple before were weeping about the past and what was. And they wept and they wept. Look at me. They wept about the past. The ones that saw, they didn't look back. They, they understood the past. But here's what they did. 
They saw a bright future. They saw the restoration of God's temple. They saw that the foundation had now been laid, what had been broken for years upon years upon years upon years. This temple had been destroyed. And now they were looking and they praised God joyfully. They passionately went after God. Are you following me? They went after God. And you know what was crazy was, what I love about this passage was that the joy overwhelmed the weeping. Now you say, that's really insensitive. Shouldn't we find out why they were weeping? We know exactly why they were weeping. Because they were looking at what was instead of what is in front of them. Their focus had been backward. And yes, the temple was glorious. And yes, the temple was beautiful that Solomon made. And yes, the temple was dedicated to God. Absolutely. But you cannot cry over what has already happened. Now we need to look at what is ahead of us, what is right in front of us, and take joy in that. Are you looking backward or are you looking forward? Because your reaction is often dictated by your focus. Come on, somebody say yeah. You with me? Come on, somebody give praise that we can give God praise. Hello? We can give God praise for what is in front of us. What is in front of you? Some of you have been struggling so badly because you're like, oh, this wasn't like it was or that wasn't like it was. How about maybe, just maybe, God has something better for you. We clinch so hard to what, what we had. Or, or that we, what, 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 what was given to us once upon a time, and maybe you lost that. Guess what? God is a God of restoration who could give exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. So why don't we start saying, God, I may not, I may not be who I was before, but thank God I'm not who I was before either. I may not, hello, I may not have what I had before, but guess what? I am a new creation. Lord, help me to see what it is you have in front of me right now. Because it's very difficult to focus on the here and now when you're so focused backwards. You with me? The people wept. They wept. The Bible tells us the last part of that sentence of that verse says, and the, and the sound was heard from far away. When's the last time you praised God where people could hear you in the back if you're in the front? When's the last time you lifted up your hands in your own household and said, God, thank you that I have what I have today? How many know we got to look at what is in front of us? And give thanks to God. Come on, it's not even Thanksgiving. I'm giving you a Thanksgiving message. Right? We can set focus on all the things that we had. But how about we start looking and say, God, thank you for the things that we have. When Solomon built his first temple, we read that in 2 Chronicles. The preparation was amazing. Like he built, there was so much resources and so much food and so much. And, and, and you know, 50 years after the destruction... 50 years after the destruction, now the temple's being built again. And then people started remembering the past. How about, how about the fact that the temple's been destroyed for 50 years and now you're actually going to get the temple again? Some of you, you've been holding on to your past for so long that it's, no, it's not in the past. It's in the present right now. You're holding on to it. You're holding on to the mistakes you've done. God's like, I forgave that a long time ago. Why are you still holding on to it? I let go of that a long time ago. Why are you still trying to remind? Some of you are trying to remind God for what you did wrong. God, you know. You know what I did. You know where I was. You know how I, you know what? I know that I have a past. But listen, I know 
I have a future in Christ. Come on, that deserves some sort of praise. Huh? Come on. If you're writing notes, write this down. You cannot focus on the past and build a powerful future. You cannot focus on the past and build a powerful future. You can't. You got to set your focus. Don't stress over past mistakes because there's nothing you can do to change them. Focus on the present and create your future right now. Create the future for your family. Say, God, I want to make my household a household of prayer. I want to make my, I want to, listen, I want to raise my children in the fear of God. Yes? Listen, parents, look at me for a moment. I need you to hear me. If you don't make Christ a priority right now while your children are young, they're not going to make a priority in the future. I, you know, one of the struggles, and I share this with some of my pastoral friends once in a while, is that constant struggle as a pastor that I have. And when I don't see someone for a while, I drop them a little message, say, hey, miss you, that kind of thing. And it gets, it gets tiresome sometimes because I don't want to bug people, but I love them so much. I want to see them in the house of God. I want to see full families in the house of God. I want to see them growing and learning. Guess what? Discipleship doesn't always just happen here. We only get a small window. We only get a small window on Sundays. Discipleship has to happen at home. We have a discipleship class starting here in a, in a, in next week. But guess what? The, the discipleship has to go far beyond that Wednesday night. Discipleship with your children. The time where you teach them not just what is good, but what is godly. Listen, if you don't teach them, the world's going to teach them what, what a male is and what a female is. What is right, what is wrong, what is truth, what is not. Guess what? The world don't have a clue. The world's just going by, flying by the seat of their pants, whatever feels good. And I, I don't, I'm, I'm here to tell you real, real simple. Are you ready? Faith don't care about your feelings sometimes. Sometimes you got to believe God for things, even if you don't feel like it. Hello? I know fact doesn't care about my feelings, and I mentioned that last week. But I'm here to tell you to, today, right now, that faith don't care about your feelings as much either. Faith says, I want to believe in something. Put me in that. Faith is almost, can almost be a personality in your life. Put me in something, coach. Put me in. And if you don't have some sort of cup to put it in, the world will offer its own. You don't have a cup? Put it here. Put your faith in me. The government, put your faith in me. Your, 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 your boss at work, put your faith in me. Just bury yourself in work. Just bury yourself in work. Everything will be fine if you do that. And some of you, uh, listen, hear my heart. Hear what I'm saying. Your family is your idol. Not God. Like God is not the one you focus on. Your family's first. And I get that. Listen, I'm family first guy. But not before God. But not before God. You have to, if you, if you align yourself with heaven and you align yourself with God, God will show you how to be the best husband, father, sibling, whatever it is that you got going on in your life right now. The best wife, the best mother. If you align yourself with God, he will show you how to be those things because your focus is on him. He will then show you how to be that. But if your focus is man, if your focus is job, family, all these different things that, are, that just should be second, third, and fourth on the list, if they're number one and they're pushed up the queue, guess what? God is pushed down automatically. 
and our focus now is no longer God. Who's with me? Some of you are like, Pastor, I lost you. I did not focus on my family. No, no, you got to hear my heart. God always has to be first because then he, he shows us how to be better husbands and wives, fathers and mothers. He shows us how to be better caretakers, better teachers, better medical physicians, better police officers, better uh, people, uh, you know, in our local government. He shows us how to be better at everything we do. So, what are you focusing on? What are you focusing on? I mentioned this Thessalonians passage about always being joyful. You know what that's trying to tell us here when, when I read that passage earlier? Stay alert and focus that God has a plan. He has a plan for you wherever it is that you find yourself today. And so I want to read this because throughout the Bible we find that Paul put, he was, um, how many know that uh, Paul had a difficult time? Anybody ever read the Bible? 66 books put together. Yeah. Okay. Bible. Paul had a difficult time living for God. Just a couple things. He was, um, uh, he faced danger because he was put in jail. Uh, he was beaten. He was whipped. He was stoned. He was even shipwrecked, I believe, twice. He faced danger. He's weary. He was beaten up all the time. And so he was hungry. He was thirsty. He understands all this. Yet he says, what? Always be joyful. Keep on praying. Always be joyful. Keep on praying. Here's what he says in Philippians to the church of Philippi. He says, I have learned how to get along happily whether I have much or little. I know how to live in almost nothing, on almost nothing or with everything. He's had everything. You realize this? Paul lived on both sides of the spectrum. I have learned the secret of living in every situation whether it is a full stomach or empty with plenty or little for I can do everything with the help of Christ who gives me the strength I need so a lot of people use this to like I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength and they'll grab something and bend it right and they're like see I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength I love that that's pretty and that's cute but that's not what the passage means can I be a pastor for a moment? That's not what the passage means. I can do all things doesn't mean that I'm going to dunk a basketball anytime soon. I know, it's shocker. It's, I've been stretching lately to hopefully get there. But there's a, there's a very small chance, a very small possibility that I'll be dunking a, a, on a 10-foot hoop, maybe an 8-footer. Why? But I can, I can lay hold to that promise. I can do all things through Christ. That's not what that means. You know what that means? Being content that God, whatever it is that I'm doing right now, I can go through this. Amen. Whatever it is I'm in right now, come on, somebody say in. Yeah. Not for. In. Yeah. Not for. I'm not thankful for my trials. I'm thankful in my trials. And because of that, I can lay hold and stake claim that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So, if, I were, if Paul were here today, he'd probably say, um, if you're eating dinner at a nice restaurant, be thankful. If you're struggling with just a small sandwich at your home, be thankful. 
Because they both are, in essence, doing the same thing. So no matter what it is that I find myself doing, I can trust that God is looking out for me. So whether you get a promotion and a raise or a pink slip, I'm not thankful for, I'm thankful in. So whether you're strong and healthy or sick this morning, we can give thanks that God is who he says he is and he never changes. So let's look at real quickly, and I'm going to close here in just a few moments. Let's look at some of the secrets that Paul had learned. Number one, he says, I learned the secret of, say this with me, prayer. 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 Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. You know, I was sitting um, with one of my children the other day, and that child said to me, but all I could do is pray. And I looked at that child and I said, listen, listen to me closely. After following the Lord for so many years, I said, I need you to hear me. The best thing we can do is pray. You with me? And that's where we have to change our mentality. That's where we have to change our mentality. Not the only thing. The best thing I can do right now is pray. If we get this idea that somehow, well, I can't do anything, but I'll pray. That prayer is going to be a lousy prayer. Can I be honest with you? That prayer is going to be more full of doubt than, than faith. Well, all I can do is pray, Lord. You know the situation. And you mumble. You with me? Some of you are like, man, that's the key. Stop mumbling. Got it. Right? Because I think, I think if you, again, I'm talking about focus, right? If you say that the only thing I could do is pray, then that's how you're going to pray. <laughs> Come on, we, is the Spirit of God, the living God, eternal creator of heaven and earth living in you or not? Okay, six of you. Is the eternal God, living being, creator of heaven and earth, inside of you or not? Then the best thing you could do is pray. Because you activate faith and connect yourself to the creator. Stop thinking that the only thing... Y'all remember Eeyore? <laughs> All I could do Okay. Come on. I'm... Seriously. Like, you know what? If you're going to say that, stop. just don't, don't even pray. I'll get somebody else that actually believes they're going to I don't need that kind of faith in my life. Keep, your, keep that prayer. Go ahead and you pray over there. I'm going to actually talk to somebody that believes that this is what we can do. You with me? So let's change our mindset. Everybody say prayer. Prayer. We got to change it. Instead of worrying, he prayed and he trusted God. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And here, can I give you a clue? If somebody tells you something 
Hey, would you keep me in prayer for this? Can I tell you something? Carve out two minutes right now and do it. Don't say you're going to pray. Oh, yeah, I'll keep you in prayer. And then you forget about it the moment you walk away. Pray right there, right then. Because everyone in this room has been guilty of that. Come on, raise your hand and be guilty of that. I've been too. Come on. Some of you are like, I don't know about your prayer. I don't know if I should admit this. But we've all done that. Oh, I'll keep you in prayer. And then we forget. And then what, what are we? Liars. Right? Liars. That's what we are. So if someone says, keep me in prayer about this, if it, if it, if it was enough strength, if it took the strength for, them, for that to come out of their mouth, you take a moment and pray right there and then. Amen. That's what believers do. Amen? Amen? If they took a minute to tell you what they're going through, how about you take a minute and pray? Let, let, can I pray for you right now? Right now. In the middle, in the middle of Target. Right? You're into, well, you target your prayer right now. That's what you're doing. In the middle of Walmart, wall-to-wall prayer right now. Come on. Whatever you're doing, right now, just activate that faith wherever you are. Now, don't close your eyes when you're driving. Let me say this. Let the Holy Spirit lead you in different ways. Don't close your eyes when you're driving. But you hear what I'm saying? Right there and then. Everybody say prayer. Perspective is what we got to go to next. Perspective. What's your perspective? What's your focus Galatians 2.20, I myself no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. So I live my life in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's your perspective. That's how we pray. God gave his son for me, and so I'm going to pray like God gave his son for me. The person you're praying for, God gave his life. God gave his son for that person too. You with me? I don't live, but Christ lives in me. We need the proper perspective. Now, listen, I kind of subtitled this message or titled this message indirectly, God in the center. God in the center. And I have this graph I want to show you real quick. And this is how we got to live our life. Okay? Maybe it's a little difficult to see. I hope it isn't. But uh, you have uh, this circle, of, and this encapsulates your life, all the things that may be a part of your life. And some of them, there's more in there. Um, but, But this is a general idea. There's God, right? And then there's everything else. And if God is in the middle of all those things, it changes how you... Per- but some of you kind of, your, your pie looks a little differently. Your pie has all these things, but there's no core. God is just one of the pieces. And there's a very d- distinct difference between God being in the center of your life and affecting everything that your life is about, and God being one of those slices. Because if God is one of those slices, come on, somebody, you can cut that piece out. But if God is in the middle, he affects everything. Do you notice how God touches everything in that circle? God touches church, family, hobbies, work, Time, relationships, just as a general idea. Those are the things that we all are in some way are involved in. Uh, in some way, God touches all those things because he's why? He's right in the middle. God is in the center. But if you just change that and you say, you know what? It's just pieces and God is one of the pieces. That's when we get ourselves in trouble. You with me? We get ourselves in trouble when God is a piece. You know why? Because he can cut that piece out and still have the rest of the pie. So what am I saying to you? The third thing, and I'll, and I'll close with this thought, priorities. 
priorities. Second Corinthians chapter 6 says this, our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. Come on, somebody. Anybody identify with that one? You identify with that one? Anybody? So we, the Bible tells us then in, in verse 10, it continues to say, we own nothing and yet we have everything. Happiness comes from the things and circumstances. True joy comes from the Lord. Right? Happiness comes from things, but joy comes from the Lord. And so is God at the center or is he just a piece of your pie? Is God truly at the center? Because that's how you're going to change your focus. Your focus, like, in, like we just read in Ezra just a little while ago, you're going to end up weeping more than cheering. Come on, you're going to look back more than you're looking forward. You're going you're to weep loudly because of all the things that have happened. But guess what? What I love about this passage is that the praise got louder than the weeping. Isn't that good? The praise got more louder than the weeping. Somebody give praise right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. The praise got louder. Come on. Come on. The praise got louder. Come on. It overshadowed the weeping. It overshadowed the crying and the boo-hoo in the moment. The praise got so much. Why? Because I believe with all of my heart that there are more people seeing the passion of the heart of God than seeing the past and the brokenness. Can I tell you something? God is looking for people to be more passionate about the present than fearful about our past. That we can look at the, the foundation and say, oh wow, there's a great thing about to happen here. Listen, they shouted on just the foundation. Can you imagine when the temple was finally built? See, I, I gave you a little bit of insider knowledge. They, they built Solomon's temple seven years. They built this temple in four. Can I tell you something? Honest to goodness, if you, if you was to kind of look at it, it was not as glorious as Solomon's. Solomon had unbelievable riches. But guess what? They weren't caring about the aesthetics. They looked at the foundation. Why? I could appreciate this more. Because they didn't even have a building yet. But they looked at the foundation and said, we got that right. We're moving in the right direction. And some of you, you can't even see the foundation because you're so focused on what was and what, where you were and what had happened. But you have no focus on the foundation in front of you. And that foundation is so important. How many know if you build your house on sinking sand, it's not going to be good, right? But we build our trust and faith and hope on the chief cornerstone. The one who is firm, a firm foundation. How many serve a God who is a firm, firm foundation? Amen. So last, last scripture here. I think we have one more verse up here. Can you shoot that up there on the screen? So what do we do from this? Now what? Now what? You can keep that. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, watch this, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think, and I injected this one word, focus, about such 
things. How do we get ourselves to a place where we can look at the foundation and go, I don't care what the temple looks like. I'm just glad that now God's glory will be restored to his people. I'm glad that this happened and the temple hadn't been built yet. They built the foundation and they were excited about it. God is building a foundation in your life right now. Get excited about it. Because God is taking us as a church and his church in general to new levels. Are you ready for that? Who's ready for new levels? Well, new levels bring new devils. You're going to have stuff coming your way. Hello? New levels, new devils. That's okay. Bring it. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And you know what? The enemy's not going to lay low. Oh, man, they, they, their prayer's been pretty powerful. I'm going to back off a little bit. No, he's going to try to push and discourage. But you got to lay, you got to lay it on him with prayer right now. Come on, stand to your feet if you're able to. If you're able to stand to your feet. I believe that now we got to think on these things. Amen? We got to think about these things. What things? We got to think about what is true. How many know there's truth? There is a truth, right? Not what you think is true. No, there's a truth. Right? Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, these are the things God is telling you to focus on. So today, can you join me in prayer right now as we focus on those things? That we say, God, in my life, if there's anything I'm holding on to, let me let go of that so I can look at the firm foundation that is in front of me. Because you're going to restore your church. You're going to restore lives. You're going to restore people. Everyone look at me. Look at me for a moment. I need you to understand this before we pray. God is not done with you. He's not done with you. He's not done with you. He's not done with you. Somebody lied to you, you believed and you held on to it. He's not done with you yet. He's not done with you. Stop counting yourself out. He's laying a foundation right now. And it doesn't look glorious. I remember when we were having our home built. We, we moved to where we are right now. We've been in this home. And I remember when we moved there. And, uh, and I remember when they were like, they had, you know, the construction workers and they were digging and I'm like oh, that's our home my wife and I were excited we're out there with the camera all weird and stalky like like hiding behind the bush like but I was excited because I knew that that was the place where my children would grow up I didn't I didn't see it physically I saw it in my spirit I saw it inside I said this is where my kids are gonna grow up I remember Elijah was one years old when we moved in and we didn't have the other two yet um, and, and so it, I was thinking to myself this is where my children are gonna grow up are you seeing the foundation as what God is gonna do with you or are you still focused on the past that you you, you could trip over the foundation because you're not even paying attention Maybe I should have messaged this title, or titled this message, Why You Tripping? <laughs> that would have been hip. <laughs> we'll edit that in post. But can I ask you something right now? Whether you, maybe you don't feel comfortable doing this, I'm going to ask you to step out in faith just a little bit. 
Just lift up your hands, however you feel comfortable doing it. Just lift up your hands right now all across this room. Come on, all across this room. Whether you've been the Lord three days, three weeks, three months, or 30 years, just lift up your hands all across this room. Keep that music going, guys. And, and so what, what we want to do right now is we want to activate that focus right now. Just activate that focus. We want to activate the focus and say, God, I want to think about the things that you have for me, not the things that was, the things that were, the things that are right here, right now. I have my family, I have my husband, my wife, I have my kids, I have my grandchildren, whatever it is. Lord, help me not to look at the past. Help me to look at right now and see how I could be better. Father, bless every person at the sound of my voice right now. May they set their focus on you. May they set their gaze on you. We trust you today that God, when we look to you, that you will never leave us to shame. God, I'm asking you today, help us to focus on you. And Lord, may, we, may, may our faith be activated as a people who walk in prayer, change our perspective, and have our priorities in line with your word. In Jesus' name I pray. And all of God's people said,